Welcome to the newest episode of the Needless Things Podcast, where we talk about toys, movies, music, and all manner of pop culture dorkery. I am your host, Dave, and Happy New Year. Welcome to the first episode of the Needless Things Podcast of 2019. I called up my pal, Mike Gordon, because I wanted to talk to him about some stuff from 2018 and some stuff that we're excited about coming up this year. We had a great conversation. I know you guys are going to enjoy it. But before we get to that, I want to mention a couple of things. Uh, yesterday, t- today, this is Thursday morning. I am once again home from work early, early in the morning recording this intro just for you guys. And uh, while I was at work, unfortunately, I learned that a couple of heroes of mine had passed away. And, and, you know, that's, I'm getting older, they're all getting older, that's what's happening now. And the first one was Mean Gene Okerlund, who was one of the many voices of my childhood, uh, one of the many influences on my desire to hold a microphone. Mean Gene was the guy when I was a kid and uh, watching WWF, uh, he was the voice of that company to me. As much as I love uh, Vince at the announce table, as much as I love Jesse Ventura, as much as I love Gorilla, Bobby Heenan, Mean Gene was the guy that was kind of the the voice that we got our information from because it was different from calling matches. Uh, he was sort, He was almost like the guy that was in control because... He would be involved in crazy stuff, but when Mean Gene had the mic, it was time for business. Uh, He was obviously never putting himself over. He was always there to get across something that was going on. And then years later, when I would start watching WCW, uh, Mean Gene was there as well and gave that company an air of legitimacy that they would otherwise not have had because we all grew up with Mean Gene and to have him in WCW putting that product over, conducting those interviews uh, was a huge, huge deal. And uh, uh, one of my favorite Mean Gene moments, this is the one that always comes up, is when Rick Steiner, uh, he, he had ended up in a wheelchair and I honestly can't remember exactly why he was in the wheelchair what had happened uh but gene's interviewing him and one of my favorite uses of of gene uh rick steiner goes i can't trust him gene and just the way that he said that uh, it's always like when i think of mean gene i think of rick steiner saying i can't trust him gene uh just like that and i had the privilege of meeting mean gene last year at days of the dead in atlanta and he was great. Uh, he, he had some stories. He was very lively. He, he looked well. Uh, I, I was shocked to, to see that he'd passed. And, uh, but, but, you know, I, it's, it's, it's one of those that he lived a full life. Uh, I, I, you can't, you can't be too sad. It's, it's a shame he's gone, but wow, what a life he had. Uh, and then another, 
the other one, unfortunately, was Super Dave Osborne, who was another childhood hero of mine. Uh, one of the earliest cable shows I remember watching was the Super Dave show, which I, at this point right now, uh, and I haven't looked it up because you guys know, I, I, I like to think of things off the top of my head. Uh, I, I don't sit down and, and look up specific information unless I feel it's really, really important. Uh, and, and this is my memory. So I, I think it was just the Super Dave show, but, uh, you know, the the ridiculous stunts and his abrasive off-putting personality that when I was a kid I didn't really get what he was doing I just liked how ridiculous he seemed that this grown-up adult was sort of having these halfway temper tantrums and and these stunts that never went right Uh, he thoroughly entertained me and I haven't seen the show in years obviously I've kept up with him through Curb Your Enthusiasm and other things that he's done uh he he was on uh, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. Just, well, I watched those last year, but from what I understand, they've been around since like 2015 or maybe even older than that. Uh, but he was on an episode of that, just as funny as ever, just as great as ever. And uh, I just I just loved Super Dave. And obviously, being a Dave, I, I have it many times during my life been referred to as Super Dave. So there's that as well. But uh you know, Godspeed to both of those gentlemen, and thank you for being uh, heroes in the entertainment field uh, that inspired me and, and what I do and have done so for years. Uh, moving on, one thing I'll do every once in a while here on the Needless Things podcast is talk about what's going on in the toy world, and, and it's right there in the intro, toys. Uh, and January has, over the last few years, really started to become an exciting time to be a collector because uh, very often new licenses get launched, as happened years ago when Mattel got WWE and they launched the first wave of Elite figures on January 1st. Uh, Or just time to refresh lines, time to do new things. Uh, So that brings me to the other day on the way home from work, I stopped at Walmart. I hate Walmart. It it pains me to ever have to buy anything there. But there are times when if I'm on my way home from work at 5 o'clock in the morning, there's nowhere else I can go uh, for certain things. So Walmart it is. And I've I've got to look at the toy section, of course. And the other day, looked in the Walmart toy section, and they had all of the new Captain Marvel, uh, Marvel Legends figures. Now, I didn't want all of them, and I don't particularly care about the Kree Sentry Build-A-Figure. I mean, look, if I end up with the other parts, I'll build it for sure, because it's a big, cool robot. But it's not anything that I'm going to spend extra money to have to get. So I bought all the movie figures uh, I, I had to think about re- whether I really wanted the one of uh, Carol in the leather jacket, but it's a great head sculpt, and the leather jacket look is really cool, so I got that one too. And it comes with, with her cat, which I know nothing about Captain Marvel. I Well, I know about Carol Dan- uh, Danvers. I know about Miss Marvel from back in the 80s when, when she had some uh, relevance to the X-Men books and Rogue took her powers and, and whatever. Uh, but I, I don't... Modern Miss Marvel, I know nothing. So I don't know anything about her cat, which in the comics is Chewie, 
but in the movie is called Goose, which I guess is a Top Gun tribute, which makes sense. So Goose comes with the leather jacket figure, and and then Nick Fury. Just they look fantastic. They look absolutely phenomenal. The head sculpts are great, and they're out there. And according to our head of research, uh, Ryan Schweck, what Marvel has done or what Hasbro has done is they shipped the. And, and I'm assuming these will all hit all different retail, but for January they shipped the Captain Marvel Marvel Legends to Walmart. They shipped the new Black Panther wave with the uh, Mubaku Build-A-Figure to GameStop, and they shipped something else to Target, and I can't remember what he said it was. Maybe it was a new... Uh, I don't think it was a new Spider-Man wave, but uh, something went to Target. So, there you go. Th- the Three different things showing up in three different places, and then on top of that, on the way into work today, I found the new... Star Wars Black Series Archives figures, which this is an offshoot of the 6-inch Star Wars Black Series where they're re-releasing older figures that are hard to find now or maybe were hard to find when they first came out because I'll tell you right now, the the first wave in this Archives series is uh, Rebel Pilot Luke who was in the first wave of Black Series figures way back in the day and I actually bought because it was new Star Wars toys and I had to check them out. Uh, but he has a new head sculpt and the new uh, the new process that Hasbro is using to do face paint that looks incredible. It's like a digital painting process, and it's giving us these incredible likenesses that have been on uh, all of the movie Marvel Legends and, and the new Star Wars figures. So that Luke, it's the same Rebel pilot Luke, but he has a new head, and it looks kind of weird it's really 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 well defined but it doesn't necessarily look like mark hamill and then the other three figures in the wave are ig88 bosk and boba fett uh, all of which were very difficult to find i think i might have seen bosk at retail but uh boba fett i ordered one online and i cannot remember because i i'm a big mandalorian collector and with Boba Fett in particular, I try and get a boxed one and a loose one. And I'm actually having to turn around right now to see if, yes, yeah, I've, I do have a boxed Black Series Boba Fett. Uh, as well as the the white one they put out, the prototype armor or whatever it's called. Uh, but anyway, so the, those three bounty hunters were hard to find when they first came out. And now you're going to, if you're willing to shell out for them, it's going to be like a couple hundred bucks probably to get all three of those if not more and since they just released Forlom which you can find the review of Forlom on needlessthingspodcast.com and then Dengar and Zuckus who's a Disney store exclusive and I really should have reviewed Dengar and Zuckus as well uh they're they're fantastic figures Forlom though is the one that blew me away to the point where I I really had to review him but now all of the bounty hunters are out in the Black Series scale, which is great because I collect bounty hunters, and I've got uh, a couple of different 3.75-inch versions of them. I've got the Galactic Heroes, I've got the Lego versions, and now I've got the Black Series versions. So pretty stoked about that. And then finally, before we get into the actual episode, uh, something that I wanted to talk to Mike Gordon about but that didn't end up coming up uh, was Black Mirror Bandersnatch. Now... I am not a huge fan of Black Mirror. It's fine, and I respect what they're doing, and I don't uh, I don't look at it and think, oh, this sucks. It's just not quite 
tonally and presentationally what I want it to be most of the time. There have been a few episodes that I really liked. I liked the, the Star Trek one, obviously. Uh, and there, there have been a couple others that I enjoyed. But it's, as a matter of fact, the very first episode, the one with the pig, I thought was tremendous. But there have been more that haven't quite achieved what I was hoping for. Uh, and, and so overall, I can't say I'm a fan of the show, but I'm a fan of what the show wants to do. And Bandersnatch, which I'm sure you've seen online, but uh, or talk about online, is a choose-your-own-adventure Netflix movie. And it's just something completely different. It's crazy, it's, it's fascinating, it's interesting, it's wild. Uh, it, it really is, to, to me... It's a, it was a very compelling experiment. I would not call it a movie. I would not call it a game. I would call it a look at what's possible in the future of home entertainment. Uh, because this, this sort of thing, this sort of interactive thing, ha- has really been a long time coming and, and has been tried to some extent in other mediums. But for me, this one was very, very successful. It's very compelling. Uh, once you get through it, you want to go back and find other options, other endings, other storylines. And uh, me and Mrs. Troublemaker sat down and watched this thing for a good two and a half or so hours, uh, just, just seeing how many different options came up. So, you know, don't go into it expecting this phenomenal movie, which... By the way, I think the performances are incredible. The way it's shot and put together is fantastic. Like it is it is of the highest quality, but the point is not just a linear story. So don't go in expecting that. The point is a commentary on the interactive nature of entertainment now, uh on free will and on the past being an immutable thing. It's I I thought it was fascinating. I I've thought about it every day since we watched it. I want to go back to it, uh, but unfortunately, I have to do this thing go, called my day job. But uh, I, if you see negative things about it online, I think that's people who weren't necessarily interested in this form of entertainment, and maybe I don't want to say they didn't get it because that makes them sound dumb, and I don't think. Uh, that people who didn't like it are necessarily dumb. They just weren't into it in the way that I was. But if if being able to take part in a in a weird meta narrative is something that appeals to you, and you've got a pretty open mind, you really need to check out Bandersnatch. It, it is it's what you've come to expect from Black Mirror, but but in my opinion, taken to the next level. So anyway, there you go. Uh, that I think that's the intro. That's the whole thing. I, I made little notes. I talked about everything I wanted to talk about. And uh, now it's time to talk to our pal Mike Gordon about the past, the present, and the future. Enjoy. <laughs> Mike Gordon, welcome to the Needless Things Podcast, and welcome to 2019. Howdy! It uh, it smells the same so far as 218. <laughs> yeah, it kind of does. 
<laughs> so it's far, sm- you know, it the smells smell like smell is the same. It smells like rain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly what it smells like. It smells like exactly rain. what my 2018 knee. smelled a lot like that too. And uh, and my knees hurt. But I think that's less the rain and more the fact that today was a mad scramble of putting all of the Christmas stuff back in storage. Oh, it's that time, huh? Yeah, today was the day it had to happen. Like, cause I like to have it up through New Year's because it's it's pretty pretty lights and everything. Like, that's appropriate for New Year. But but once New Year's Eve is done, it, it's all got to go. You got to box it up. So I've been running up and down flights of stairs all day long. And uh, I'm ready to sit down and talk to you. Well, I am glad. Thanks again for the inv- invitation. Oh, I'm I'm thrilled that we're we're kicking off the year like this. I'm I my one of my resolutions in 2019. Mike Gordon back on the show once a month. <laughs> well, I'm I'm all for that. I, I was getting ready to say I realized I've not consulted you about this resolution. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because I was I I listened to the uh, Aquaman review that you and Ryan did, which was fun. And uh, at the end of it, you know, you mentioned that oh, we've got Mike Gordon coming on a couple episodes. I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> that should be enjoyable. I can't wait to hear those. <laughs> I think it was more. I I want to have Mike Gordon back on more episodes, but. Oh, no, no, no. It was because you and I had discussed uh, the Bond versus Bond episode. Like, oh, there yeah. there are a couple episodes that we had talked about, like, 2017 probably, that just for one reason or another kept not fitting into the schedule. So they were, they were Mike Gordon episodes that have not happened yet. Well, and again, like I said, I, I, I look forward to those episodes, and I might be the only one who listened to that and thought that out loud. <laughs> <laughs> or even I, internally. I in no way meant to uh, try and remove your agency. <laughs> well, I'm always glad to be in the Phantom Zone, sir. Well, I'm glad that you're here. Uh, one of the things I want to talk about to you is what you have seen of the DC Universe streaming service. Uh, very little. I've, I, I, saw, I saw the price point and went, maybe later. <laughs> <laughs> Which is understandable. I don't I don't begrudge anyone that looked at it and was like, I'm not adding another service for that price. I, I can't do it, especially with what they're offering. It's not worth it to me. Like anybody that, that feels that way, I totally understand. Um who I have a problem with are the people who did not subscribe and who are giving negative reviews basically to Titans which they have not seen. Now, I totally understand based on the trailers that they've put out there, the initial trailer with the infamous fuck Batman in it, yeah. uh, and then the recent trailer that had the uh, Robin versus Batman for the season uh, finale. Right. I totally understand a negative response to the trailers, but there are a lot of people out there who are saying things like, this show is trash, based on those trailers you haven't seen the show so maybe shut your mouth yeah well that i hate that anytime that happens yeah yeah Um, anytime that happens with anything it drives me nuts yeah i mean like you know from my perspective i wasn't excited by what i saw and either of those things you mentioned i understand so um but that doesn't mean that you know i've learned 
through some experience, a.k.a. Gotham, for example, <laughs> that sometimes what you see, like, m- doesn't really uh, fit with what the show actually is. Like, your perceptions of what the show might be. Um, and then, you know, a lot of times once you let go of your expectations um, and your preconceived notions, then you can allow the, the what the actual... Uh, product is whatever that is a movie a uh, you know TV show I remember seeing uh, a very uh, when I was younger I remember specifically watching an episode of uh, Siskel and Ebert I don't know if anybody knows who those two guys are anymore <laughs> but uh, I, I know I'll date myself but anyway uh, that's okay I, I can pick up the tab usually so uh, hey. I know right um, but uh, anyway I can't remember the na- the movie that they were reviewing but uh, Siskel in particular was saying that, uh, you know, um, that he was unhappy with the movie because uh, a certain character wasn't on screen enough and he was interested in that character. And he said, I wanted to see more of this character. I wish that, you know, that had been more of the story or more uh, that character had been in the movie more. And Roger just just sort of coldly, like, shut him up by saying, Hey Gene, or uh, yeah, hey Gene, why don't you review the movie you saw, not the movie you wanted to see? <laughs> That's fantastic, <laughs> and we've probably all been guilty of doing. Oh, that. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yes, of course. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of times where, like I said, I I looked at the trailers and everything that I've seen for Titans, and Titans is a is a important uh, entity for me. I mm-hmm. mean, I I loved. Uh, I grew up with the Titans. I loved Robin. I loved all the characters. Starfire, Nightwing, you know. Well, you uh, were there for the big era of the Titans, right? The yes, Perez yeah. Wolfman. I absolutely was. So, uh, and I've always thought that the Titans were, you know, should be something that uh, we should see on TV or in movies, whatnot. I always thought that they were that they had that capability. So I've been excited about seeing this, um, and uh, and the trailers. I was like, "Ooh, they're going in a different direction than I would have." That's for sure. Sure, sure. <laughs> so uh, I'm curious to check it out. But um, right now, uh, and I probably will be. Uh, I I'm thinking that this year uh, I will be subscribing to uh, two new subscription services, which uh, streaming services. Yeah, right. See, uh, and and Disney Plus yeah. is probably the other one. I, I don't see. Yeah, I don't. I, I see myself getting those. Uh, I, having subscribed after San Diego Comic Con because they did the offer for oh, right. sixteen months, I think it was for the price of a year. It was it was something like that, and I knew I was going to have to check it out. So I went ahead and signed up for that because you paid the whole thing up front, mm-hmm. uh, and it just happened to be financially convenient at the time. So I did it. And I've got to say, the service itself, as far as the DC Universe streaming service, it's it's about as lean as you think it is. Uh, especially if if you're like me and you collect a lot of physical media, you probably own most of the movies they have available. Uh, the animated stuff, I'll give them credit, they've got uh, Static Shock is on there, all the old Super Friends, a lot of stuff that I don't own is on there and available. Uh, the... Batman animated series, of course, being a big sucker, I had already pre-ordered the Blu-rays that were coming out at the end of the year. So that's on there in high def, but 
doesn't have all the special features of the Blu-rays. It, it's a different thing, but it looks great. Uh, it is a the the menus and stuff need a little bit of work, but are very good compared to other things that I've tried to use. Um, you know, there there's nothing menu wise that's a problem. It just could be better. Uh, but man, as far as the new content, Titans, I am a huge fan of. Me and Mrs. Troublemaker, every single Friday, were there. Like as soon as we could watch it, watching it, it's very compelling. Yes, it is gritty and probably not necessarily the Titans a lot of fans want to see. However, in the type of universe that they're using, I feel like the showrunners, the creators, have a tremendous knowledge of the DC Universe. Uh, They have a huge respect for these characters. They're just doing things... Uh, nothing that happens in the show is out of character for any of these characters. But it is happening in a world that's different from the, the traditional Titans comics that, that you would be thinking of. But man, it's it's so it's such good television. Uh, I recently on NeedlessThingsPodcast.com, I put up my best of 2018, and Titans, to me, was the best streaming show that came out last year. Wow. Okay. The acting is amazing. The story. Does that include Netflix, though? Uh, well, I had. Yeah, it does. I, the, okay. Because I okay. had. To, I had to separate because I. I know for the purposes of like the Emmys and the Golden Globes, I think regular television and streaming television are kind of all one category. Um, and I have to separate them out because I think streaming television has to do something a little bit different from regular television. Uh, now, granted, DC parses them out a week at a time like Hulu does. They don't just drop it all like Netflix does. So that is an even different category of scripting and planning. Uh, I, I think there, there are big differences there. But anyway, yeah, I, I had streaming, which includes Amazon, Netflix, Hulu, um, you know, basically internet TV, and then regular television, which is you turn it on or watch it off the DVR or whatever. They were two different categories for me. Uh, so yeah, I tight or Titan Titans was best new show. Okay. Uh, that's fair. Glow, glow was best streaming show. Uh, but yeah, we, uh, we love it. And, and it ended. If you watch those trailers and didn't like what you saw, just know that you are not seeing the whole story and you're not getting the context at all. And it's my opinion that they very purposely made those trailers as, provocative as they could yes. because those of us who are going to subscribe, who are going to watch this show, are going to watch it no matter what. What they need is internet optics, word of mouth, discussion. They need Titans trending on Twitter. They need Titans trending on Facebook. And putting those trailers out the way that they did achieved that. So it's it's a matter of they manipulate what was available to get the most press and talk available. And and I think they did a great job of it. Now, I don't know how the service is doing. I don't know how successful it has been, but I think it's fair to stay, say it's still in its formative stages. This year, when they're launching, 
hang on, I have my list. Uh, this year, launching Doom Patrol, Swamp Thing, Stargirl, uh, the new season of Young Justice, the Harley Quinn cartoon, uh, Metropolis is in development. We'll see how that goes. But uh, this is going to be the year where they either become a huge new entity or they become just valuable enough for like somebody else to buy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, and I'll say that. And and I gloss over this a lot because I bought this for the visual, for the uh, like television style entertainment, but you do get access to the comics as well. Their comic reader is solid. Uh, They are slowly adding and rotating comics in. Uh, usually relevant to media. Like when Aquaman came out, they put a bunch of old Aquaman stuff up that you could read and check out. Uh, I'm not big for reading comics in any form other than an actual comic book, but I did go through and like, it's pretty easy to read them even on your phone, which impresses me. So, you know, that's there as well. But having watched Titans and loving Titans I am very, very excited to see Doom Patrol, Swamp Thing, and Stargirl. And I'm, I'm curious to know what you think about this, Mike, uh, because I think you probably know a little bit more about the JSA than I do. Uh, have you noticed that Stargirl is essentially turning into a JSA show? I, I, I could see where that would happen, and that I would be excited by that. Yeah, the, the shows that are coming, uh, I don't see how, as a DC fan, I can just ignore um, because. Like you mentioned, Swamp Thing, Doom Patrol, uh, and Stargirl, uh, with so much JSA content, I'm like, no, no, I have to, yeah, I have to get this. Well, they Doom Patrol on Titans was as weird as you would think it should be. Yeah, uh, that Brent, should be the, the Doom Patrol should be like, as quirky as possible. Man, and and they didn't shy away from. And I, I'm not as familiar with Doom Patrol either because it's something that's a, a little outside of my like superhero stuff. That I you know every once in a while I would check out like Hellblazer or whatever. But I, I'm not as well versed in that side of the DCU. But like they didn't shy away from Elasta Woman. Like they didn't try and sex her up any. Like her, she's she is horrendous when she's not concentrating. And I don't know if that's from the comics or not. Uh, but they didn't they didn't shy away from the horrible things about the members of Doom Patrol at all. Uh, Brendan Fraser was absolutely fantastic uh, as Robot Man. I, I really. I, I was blown away by just one episode of Titans, how well they gave us these characters without sitting down and giving us, giving us an origin story for each of them, uh, which I assume we'll, they'll get a little bit more into uh, in the Doom Patrol show. But just looking at this cast, and, and I'd actually forgotten that Alan Tudyk was Mr. Nobody. Yeah, I mean, uh, the cast is amazing. And, and they're doing the same thing with Stargirl. They've already cast uh, Star Spangled Kid, Dr. Midnight, Our Man, Wildcat, and Joel McHale and Henry Thomas. I mean, those two names alone are a very specific kind of casting for that show. And and it shows me that they're very that DC is very serious about what they're doing with all of these shows that are not, by the way, necessarily all connected. Hmm. Okay. I thought I thought maybe they would be, 
Uh, but I mean, it's not. It's cool if they're not. But. Doom Patrol and Titans uh, obviously, obviously are, are. Yeah. but Swamp Thing and Star Girl apparently are going to be different uh, things. I, I don't know if I want to say different universes because I'm not sure if they're looking at it that way. Uh, but but they said to not necessarily expect all of this to be tied together because they're they want to preserve a certain tone for each show. Uh, apparently their determination is that Swamp Thing is a horror show. Uh, and sometimes it's hard when you have things that are so tonally different to to put them in the same universe together. It's easy in the comics. I think it's a little harder on television. But it means that they're not going to be obligated to go along with other showrunners' visions for for certain things. So I'm I'm excited to see how that all comes together and, and yeah. i'm very happy to be a subscriber at this point well very cool that's good to hear I, like i said i'm i've uh i'm you know i've got a lot of streaming uh, streaming services right now uh that i i use and i'm i've been looking at those going hmm do i really use those as much as i would <laughs> that i'm paying for them you yeah know? yeah uh, and specific, uh specifically i mean i you know netflix i think at this point is pretty necessary like, yeah um. Uh. I mean, I know for some people it might not be, but for you know, for people like us, it is necessary. Um. And uh, uh, I avoided Hulu. I had it for a little while, a couple years ago. Uh, but uh, I haven't seen anything until recently. Uh, that can, has compelled me to rejoin. Except, I know that uh, Veronica Mars is starting up a new season on Hulu this year. So I will be subscribing to Hulu this year, uh, at least for. A short amount of time, right, right, uh, and uh, but I do see myself getting you know the DC one as well as uh, Disney, of course. Yeah, Disney Plus is that's a no brainer. But I mean, that's the thing about that one is they they already have so much content that it's worthwhile. Yeah, I I'm really curious. I think in a lot of ways, uh, and I have to give props to the WWE for this. Their network has really, to me, set the standard of what uh, a streaming service should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, new content, sure. Yes. Absolutely. And it's amazing how much new content the WWE gives you <laughs> on, on, a, on a weekly basis when their product seems so limited. Um, yeah, but, the, uh, with the, like the Edge and <laughs> Christian show and the backstage or the uh, the ride along and like all the animated stuff, like it's crazy how much yeah. they're creating? Yeah, and they've got a cooking show starting up. I think it's has it already started, but they got a cooking show, of course. And then, of course, you know the NXT, NXT UK, all the pay per view. I mean, they they deliver a ton of content, yeah. new content every month. Um, and you have this huge vault of archive stuff that you can access at your fingertips at any time you want to. You um, can get at, your money's worth with any, like, one aspect of the yeah. network. Yeah. Like, if it was just the pay-per-views, if it was just the original content, if it was just the archives, which I guess we probably shouldn't say too loud. <laughs> um, but it has spoiled me to think that, you know, because I'm like, well, you know, and I think DC has tried that. I mean, obviously, they do have, they just don't have as much, uh, archive stuff right. to offer as say the WWE does um, 
but I expect, you know, my expectations for Disney is is really right up there with WWE as far as man, if I can if I can watch any uh, you know, Disney animated movie at my fingertips at any time, uh, I mean that alone is, is worth you know whatever it's going to be ten dollars a month or whatever. I'll I'll tell you what excites me, and this is so funny, but they're they're an often overlooked aspect of Disney is all of the old live action stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like all the old Kurt Russell movies and the, the like the Herbie movies. I, just having those because they they aren't you can't just go to a store and buy them. Uh, and Disney doesn't seem to. Uh, which I'm a little concerned that they may not even show up on the service for a while. But if you're looking to pad out what you're offering, they're they're certainly there. But uh, you know they they don't seem to look at those as much as they do a lot of their animated stuff and a lot of the fairy tale stuff. I think I think it's going to be interesting for Disney to uh, to see what they do because previously they've spent the last I don't know we'll say forty years. Uh, limiting access to their content, sure, um, and in a way to uh, to make it as um, profitable as possible. You know, it's like, hey, we're going to release this on video, but we're going to—it's only a limited time. Well, and this and is going to as- be available on DVD, but only limited time. And, and, and it's an like- aspect of that is also, you know, it's not just pro- although this probably works into the profitability, but it's also keeping it prestigious giving it a certain level of specialness and granted doing it in a very artificial way but uh it does make that content it gives it a different value level than you know anybody else's animated movies yeah yeah it's it's helped add to the mystique and the prestige as you mentioned certainly um and so but now you know are they are they just going to say, okay, everybody has access to the vault now, uh, and so anything is available at any time? That seems to be – it's difficult for me to believe that yeah. they're going to do that. But I, I must – that's kind of what I'm expecting. So um, so it'll be really interesting to see how what their Disney Plus service work looks like. Yeah, and that, that's a very good point because, in, you know, in our heads, we think, oh, my gosh, look at all the stuff Disney has available but you're right, it does seem uh, to be expecting a bit much to think that they're just going to, it's all just going to be there. Yeah. Um, uh, and, you know, even if they rotate stuff out, maybe that, um, you know, I could see them trying to do that. Sure. Um, within the content. But to me, you know, like I said, I think I think the WWE has proven that you can, I mean, people will join up. And, that allows, um, yeah, more. Even if the people aren't happy with, you know, the new content you're providing, they're gonna, they're, they're the the old it appeals to the old school and the new people yeah. who are joining. Like it's just, it 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 seems like it, it it's worth it. Um, but we'll see how they react. Um, uh, <laughs> I think one uh, one service streaming service that I subscribed to this year was um, Full Moon. Oh no, kidding. Yes, I did, and uh, I have been very disappointed with them. Mm. Um, not because of their products, um, you know. Obviously, I know what I'm getting into with Full Moon, um, but I was uh, hoping that with Full Moon, and when I first joined, 
I it's weird. I, when I first joined, I think I had access to all of their. Uh, well, for example, I had access to all the Puppet Master movies. Sure. So if I wanted to watch uh, the Puppet Master movies, uh, one through whatever it is now, I was like, oh, I, I had access to do that. Um, but something happened where you know they they restricted it. Like they only have access to certain movies for certain months or whatever. Oh yeah. So um, and I'm like, look. If I'm subscribing to Full Moon every month and I don't have access to all their Puppet Master movies um, all the time, then this isn't worth it. Yeah, that's that's an odd move for a service <laughs> that focused. Yeah, absolutely. To to pull, that's very strange. So uh, so that one was a uh, was a disappointing one for me because uh, and that I did have it in my head that I was going to go through all the Puppet Master movies this this year. And uh, I got to the first one, and then by the time I got to the second one, they asked me, you know, to pay to watch it, and I was like, I'm already paying, thank you. And so, uh, yeah, that's been that was disappointing. Well, Mike Gordon, I've got some news for you. I happen to own all of the <laughs> Puppet Master movies. Of course, you do, <laughs> and you are <laughs> welcome to borrow that box set anytime you want. Well, I appreciate that for uh, a for I... a fee of two ninety five. Of course. Uh, no, no. Uh, yeah, I, I'll tell you one that disappointed me. I was I got very, very excited about New Japan Pro Wrestling early in the year last year. Okay, yes. I mean, obviously they were doing things. That's Is that the one that, uh, that the, the big event that Jericho was yes. part of? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yes, I um, get that. I, I, I could I, not figure out how, how that worked. Man, it was I, I actually signed up because they're I, I don't know that they're even ten dollars a month. I think that, that that one might have been eight dollars a month or something, but I signed up for it to watch an event that occurred prior to the big one that was Jericho versus Kenny Omega. Yes. Uh and it was so well, first of all, they they didn't have an app. Uh, it was just a website that would direct you to events, and it was very difficult to you because it was all done in Japanese and clumsily translated to English. Yeah, I could not figure out. Like, I wanted to see the the big show, and I went to their website, and I'm I, I can't figure this out. Uh, yeah, it was very very frustrating. Uh, and, and you know, if they could get somebody. Uh, maybe like our pal Rad Ranger to sit down and actually design an app and an interface that would work internationally and wouldn't be as Japan oriented. Uh, I'd I'd sign up and I'd stick with it. If it was if it had been as easy to use as the network, I would still have that subscription now. They'd still be getting my money now. Uh, but I, I had it for a month and just found it too frustrating to use and canceled. Uh, and, and I look, I would be sitting there watching as much new japan as i could because the product is fantastic and they've got don callis uh doing com don callis and kevin kelly are, are a great commentary team they're they're the Eng like you could actually watch it with english commentary from those guys uh but yeah i, I just couldn't deal with it and I, and I was hoping before the end of the year they'd get it figured out but they don't seem to have a whole lot of interest in uh in making it as internationally available as they should. Hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look, I mean, it should be one hundred and one. You know, user interface one hundred and one. I mean, yeah. if you can't figure that out, then uh, 
you can't scratch your head. You know, you're just basically uh, turning customers away. Yeah, well, and that's absolutely what it is. I'm sure because I, I am. I don't consider myself a casual wrestling fan, but I am a. It had better be easy for me to get to wrestling fan. <laughs> No, absolutely. And I think most are probably like me. Yeah. Uh, So I feel like they're losing out on a lot of money and a lot of international attention. But uh, to get back to you brought up Disney Plus, to get back to that real quick, how how is The Mandalorian looking to you? Um, That's... I can't... I don't... You know what? I'm not even... I can't say I'm invested in it yet. Uh, I haven't actually seen or read anything on it. Um, and I got to tell you, at last year after Rebels ended, um, I kind of didn't pick up anything else that they were doing. I know that they had the uh, the other show um, that... Resistance. Uh, yeah. I Did you watch all of that? Was it worth it? I, I haven't watched any of it. Uh, okay. I, I didn't care for the trailer that I saw, and then initial reports were that it's very much a younger kids show, which it looks like, and that's fine. But it's I, interesting because like both uh, Clone Wars and Rebels kind of started out that way too, right? Right. Um, and quickly, very quickly it was clear that, oh, no, there's something in here for me. Um, so I kind of thought, that the if even if I heard initial reports that said, oh, this is for, you know, little kids, I thought, well, that's surely, you know, that's that's going to change, uh, or that could change uh, once uh, the show really starts going. But, um, yeah, I haven't, I've only talked to, I think, one person that's mentioned it, but I certainly don't see a lot of, uh, a lot of hype about it. And, and I haven't really seen much hype about other new material that's coming out um for the streaming service so um obviously if i have the streaming service and there's a star wars uh series i'm going to watch it but. <laughs> yeah i'm i'm very excited about it uh I, I love john favreau uh and i'm very interested to see what he does in star wars but i'm also a big mark for mandalorians i got the- I mean, I've always loved Boba Fett, like, since I was a kid. I, oh, sure. I just love that figure. The best but, thing about the holiday special. Yes, yes, easily, although that's a pretty low bar to clear. <laughs> uh, and, and fortunately, he had a jetpack and a dragon with which to do it. Uh, How dare you talk about B. Arthur that way. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but when Karen Travis wrote the series of books focusing on Mandalorian culture and like a lot of the stuff that, well, she, she did a lot of stuff with Boba Fett. She did a lot of stuff with the Republic, uh, with the clones and really expanded. Now, granted, none of this counts anymore until Dave Filoni or somebody says that it counts, but just as a concept, I I'm really into the Mandalorian culture. Uh, I loved what they did with it in clone wars. Uh, so I'm I'm curious to see what they do, and the cast so far is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, you have the the Viper from Game of Thrones, who uh, spoilers. I was very disappointed by how his character went out, so I'm anxious to see more from that actor. And then Nick Nolte, Carl Weathers, Werner Herzog is <laughs> going to have a role on the show. Hmm. I mean, this is 
this is something. I, I'm very excited about this, and I really want more. How did you feel about Solo? I thought it was okay. Um, it didn't make my top ten uh, of 2018. Okay. Um, but uh, it wasn't. I didn't. By no means did I. I, I hate it. I just. It was okay. Um, yeah. That's that's what I. I'm I'm really curious as to, uh, you know, to find out, and maybe you already know this, but where the series takes place and when, um, and also, because uh, my understanding is is that everything in Rebels is in continuity. So, yes. and there's they they focused heavily, uh, especially on the last season with the Mandalorian. So I'm really curious to see what, you know, if that picks up from there. Uh, this is. I believe post Jedi, pre uh, Force Awakens, if mm-hmm. I remember, if I remember correctly. Uh, but I, see, I am very excited for more of that kind of. Uh, I love Solo. Uh, it, it made my top five last year. I've watched it several times. Uh, I enjoy it as much as. Matter of fact, I would say Solo. It's tough for me to compare Solo and Rogue One. Uh, I think Rogue One is my favorite Star Wars movie of the Disney era, but Solo is the one I'm going to end up watching more over the years, just okay. because it's more it's more fun. <laughs> it's got a happier ending. Yes, yes, absolutely. And and out of that ending, man, I'm dying for more of those characters, and I hate that that it underperformed. And I'll tell you what, I really wish that they had held Solo for December and put Mary Poppins back until maybe the spring because I really think Solo would have done better if it had come out in December. Well, maybe. I don't know. I I think after I've seen Mary Poppins, which I loved, um, which did make my top ten, I I think Christmas was the perfect time for that movie. But it was odd not having a Star Wars movie around Christmas. I will say that. Well, and it was odd having one just a few months after having one. Well, and, you know, this is something, if you want to, we can get into at some point, but I'm really finding it interesting, like, Disney, I I realized when I made my top ten and when I was looking at all the movies that I saw, I mean, I think half my movie-going funds this year, this past year, went to Disney. Sure. Um, And that, looking at the head of this year, uh, 2019, it doesn't look like that's going to change. Um, And now Disney seems to be um, stepping on itself a little bit. They are absolutely. Com- that's that's one of the things I was going to touch on later. Not only are they competing with themselves in the movie theaters, they're competing with themselves in the toy aisles, and I feel like it's hurting both industries. Wow. Okay. So yeah, I didn't know about the toys, but it makes sense. I mean, there's just. I mean, it's crazy to see. You know, you're excited by these releases, but um, uh, every month there's a at least there's a Disney or two like a. Um, last month or last year, I think it was in December, maybe late November, uh, Disney released a, a version of the Nutcracker. Yes, and the the you know something realm the yeah four, something four like that. Realms. And I I remember it looked like I remember seeing the trailer. And I'm like that looks kind of interesting. Yes, but with everything else they had going on, it was like that got buried. I completely forgot about it. <laughs> By the time. I was like, hey, whatever happened to that Nutcracker movie? It it had come and gone. Yeah. And I I'm I'm just um 
uh, it shocks me that they are releasing this year in 2019. They're releasing three uh, updated quote unquote live action versions of their car- their animated movies. Three of them. Yeah, it's it's a lot. <laughs> and and if you look, uh, I'm so happy that they chose to move uh, Battle Angel Alita back because originally it was coming out on December 21st. And on December 21st, Bumblebee, Aquaman, and Mary Poppins all came out the same day. Yeah. Which is crazy. Well, you got to get that Christmas, you know, that Christmas box office money. Yeah. Yeah, you do. Which uh, <laughs> Holmes and Watson apparently <laughs> failed to <laughs> to work out for that one. Yeah, well. <laughs> uh, and, and, and let me ask you, we'll, and we'll get into Disney's near monopoly in a minute here but real quick i do want to ask you 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 saw into the spider verse right i did uh where did that end up on your list because it was my favorite movie of 2018 possibly my Uh, favorite movie the last few years it's it's definitely on my top 10 uh i've i've made this year and i think i started i did i did this sort of last year too where i i'm just putting them in a top 10 yeah I'm not ranking them in that top ten. Sure. So, like, you know, within my top ten, I'm not saying which one was number one, which was, you know. Obviously, there are some that uh, are better than others, but um, <laughs> the problem I, I ran into this year was that I probably saw about, uh, we'll say maybe 15, 16 movies mm-hmm. in the theater. Um, and I, I got to the point where I was doing my top ten of thinking, ooh, I don't know if I have... 10 of these that I'm I feel comfortable saying that they're my top 10 um you know by default I felt like some of them were getting in (laughs) right right just because I hadn't seen that many movies I ran into the same issue with a couple of things when I was trying to write down my best of there were a few that I was like like the spider-man video game is the best video game I played in 2018 but it's also the only video game I played in, or the only new video game I played in 2018. So I like, I didn't bother putting that on the list because that's not really fair. I I know, like from listening to uh, your, like I said, your review of Aquaman, that I'm sure Aquaman made your top ten. It sounds like no problem. Uh, from, no, no, no. That's amazing to me. <laughs> After your review of it, I thought for sure it's in there. I and, loved it, but there were movies that. I loved and were actually better movies. I enjoyed Aquaman a lot. Um, but at the end of the day, I was thinking, I don't, I can't, I don't know if I can put you in, in the top 10. I don't know if you're a yeah. quote unquote top 10 movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I struggled with that a little bit this year. So, um, uh, you know, I, I, I would like to say that oh, I'm going to try to go out and see more movies this year, but I don't, you know, I don't know if that's a thing that I'm actually going to do. So, I or out. nor should I. So, well, it, it with me, uh, if if it's a big, like actually looking at the list of movies I wrote down prior to our conversation here, uh, you know, if it's a big event movie, I want to see it in the theater because there are absolutely movies that I regret missing in the theater or not getting out to see in 3D or or whatever the case may be. Uh, so I, I do try to make it a, for, for event movies, but like for smaller stuff, for comedies, I don't need to see a comedy in the theater. Uh, I don't necessarily need to see 
uh, a smaller horror movie in the theater unless it really excites me. But uh, stuff like Captain Marvel, which let's... Okay, the trailer looks phenomenal. I'm very, very excited about this movie. Sure. It's the next... Granted, it's not moving our story forward necessarily, but it's a necessary piece of the next part of the overall story. Uh, And a very exciting introduction of a new character that is obviously going to be huge in the coming years in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, But, and I'm a big fan of uh, (laughs) uh, Kong Skull Island. I really enjoyed her performance, and I can't remember her. For every time, I want to say Alison Brie every single time. But it's not Alison Brie. It's... Come on, Mike Gordon. I... 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 <laughs> Are we both looking it up right now? No, no, I'm not. Uh, I'm not looking it up. I, oh. uh, I, I am... Uh, I suppose I could. <laughs> <laughs> Brie Larson. There you go. Brie Larson. I, I had the wrong uh, portion of the wrong name wrong. Uh, so Brie Larson. I, I really liked her in Kong Skull Island. I've seen her in a couple other things. Not not well enough, to obviously, to remember her name. But I think she has a good look. I think her presence is excellent. But, man, her voice, uh, some of the lines she delivers in the trailer, I'm a little concerned about her uh, toughness, I guess. Okay. Do you do you know what I'm do you get what I'm talking about at all? Um no. Like at the end I, she at the end she has a we're not going to take it anymore line. Only it's kind of like we're not going to take it anymore. Like it it, yeah. it the delivery is off to me. Gotcha. Well, I, the reason I say that is because I think I did did I see yeah, I think I saw the Captain America trailer, but to, but I didn't really pay close attention. Captain Marvel. Um, Marvel. That's right. Thank you. Um, <laughs> which which are we talking about? Neither um, one of us have any idea what we're talking about right now. <laughs> I know, and we I haven't even been drinking, so I can't. Uh, <laughs> I haven't either. Maybe that's the um, problem. Yes. Maybe we need to we go fix some beverages that. real quick. Right. Um, try to bring time to break out the rum for sure. Oh my gosh. Um, but. I specifically with the Marvel movies, I am not paying attention to any pre pre movie hype release marketing things at all. Well, that's true um, because they do lie. <laughs> well, not only do they lie, it's just to me unnecessary. Right. Uh, for right. ten years, Marvel has proven that they're consistent, that they're a great product, and that uh, I have enjoyed myself every single time uh, I've gone to see a Marvel movie. Now. Mm-hmm. Have, have have I enjoyed myself sometimes more than others? Sure, but has uh, in my mind there hasn't been any absolute stinkers. They've just been you know consistently great. So um, and I have no reason to doubt that this year when we get at least two of them uh, that uh, they're going to change that. So I'm just like you just tell me when and where and I will be there. That's all I need to know. Yeah, I'm 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 on board with that too, and I can't I can't help but watch that first trailer when it hits. I I have to. I I, I have a compulsion to sit and watch and look at it and figure out what we're getting. Uh, but beyond that, I try to avoid them. And I, I do want to be clear: I'm not worried about this movie in any way. I think it looks awesome. As a matter of fact, I bought all the figures yesterday morning on the way home. 
uh, I, I'm very, very excited about it. I'm just, I'm curious to see how she comes across in the context of the film, uh, because it, it just based on the trailer, I, I have very, very, very slight minimal concerns that I'm sure will not be borne out in any way. Uh, and then after that, we have Endgame, which I mean, it's going to be. Great. I have no idea what they're doing. I don't care to think about it. I'm not speculating at all. Yep. Uh, it doesn't matter. And we didn't even need, like you said, we didn't need a trailer for that. Nope. Just tell nope. me when it comes out. Just tell me when and where. I'll yeah. be there. Thank you for telling me that it moved up a week. Uh, trailer. <laughs> right. Because right. I think the trailer did tell me that it was going to be moved up a week. So I'm like, good. So now we can uh, adjust my schedule accordingly. Um, I'm there. That's all I, yeah, I don't that's and uh uh i i i seriously doubt uh just like this year or sorry 2018 uh the avengers was the biggest movie uh i i have no doubt that it will be 2019 either yeah yeah absolutely i mean it's it's gonna be well first of all because they've already hooked everybody who saw it the first time or saw (laughs) the first part exactly yeah like you have to show up yeah absolutely I've got a couple other things written down here that I'm curious to see if you've if you've got an opinion or if you're aware of anything going on with them. Now you mentioned Disney's live action redos, uh, some of which have been very very successful. Uh, I love Beauty and the Beast. I loved Cinderella, which people don't tend to remember at all, and I actually mm-hmm. think it's the best one they've done so far. Have I haven't seen any of them? Have you seen Have you seen them all? Uh, I don't know that I've seen them all. Okay. Um, I'm, try- I'm actually trying to think right now what else they've done. Uh, last year they released two, right? They released uh, Jungle Book. I have not yet seen Jungle Book. Uh, and Pete Stragg. And Pete Stragg. I have not seen that either. Gotcha. So I think last year was was Jungle Book. Maybe that was two years ago. No, I think it was. was. I think both. Yeah, because Beauty and the Beast ago. was last year, right? Yeah, Beauty and the Beast was beginning of 2018. No, I think Beauty and the Beast was 2017. Goodness gracious. Maybe not, but uh, <laughs> but whatever the case, I, I have greatly enjoyed some of the ones that I've seen. And then we got our first look at Aladdin, which is one of my favorite animated Disney films. Uh, and I love the color. I love the casting. I'm glad that we did not run into some of the typical American casting problems. That, uh, you know, if in this case, if they had not gotten it right, the internet would have been right to go nuts over. Uh, and Will Smith is the genie when they first announced that he was going to be playing uh, the genie, a role that you know everybody knows Robin Williams for. Right. All it took was me thinking back to the range that he showed on Fresh Prince and some of the... Like, Will Smith is great. He has been in some things over the past decade that were not great, but when he he is capable of giving us a fantastic genie, I absolutely believe that nobody's ever going to top Robin Williams because Robin Williams. But you don't have to top him; you just have to create a, a different version of a memorable character, and I think Will Smith can do that. But seeing some of the stills, I was just kind of like, "Wow, this is interesting." <laughs> I. Uh... Last year, I saw the um, uh, the touring production of Aladdin in the theater. 
Oh, nice. Um, and it's the first time... I'm trying to remember this. Yeah, I think it's the first time I've seen a Disney production on stage. Okay. Now, they've done a lot, and there's been a lot that I've wanted to see, uh, Lion King in particular. But um, uh, this is the first time that we've ever got a chance to, to see one, and it was incredible. And Oh, wow. Seeing seeing uh, it, uh, I was, uh, you know, there was obviously the, the, the cloud of... Uh, <laughs> of Robin Williams hangs over the role of Aladdin, but the guy that uh, did it uh, on on the production that we saw, um, who was also black, by the way, um, uh, was phenomenal. He was amazing, and uh, you know, within uh, only a few minutes, where you like, you know, not even thinking about Robin Williams, he oh, made that's it his interesting. own. I, he I made like, it his own. I like hearing that. That's even. Possible. Possible, right, right. Yeah, he he was not aping Robin Williams at all. Uh, he he had just made it his own, and it was it it felt amazing. So, as long as the uh, live action version does the same thing, I think it's going to be fine. Yeah. And it would be nice to see Will Smith come back to being Will Smith again. Yeah, I I would like to see. I'd like to see him kind of have a resurgence because I, I think he's uh, of our generation, definitely one of the great actors with more memorable and I hate to use the word important, but, but memorable, interesting roles than I think come to mind when you just say Will Smith. I think the mind sometimes kind of goes straight to some of the stuff that's not as good. Yeah like wild wild west but but <laughs> you know stuff like that but it's it's still fun and he's still great it's just that movie was terrible uh but anyway moving on uh beyond that what has your interest level been in dark phoenix or or the x-men movie franchise as it exists right now i guess X-Men is uh, not a group of uh, characters that I ever was fully invested in. Uh, I think, you know, uh, we've I've made it clear that I'm more of a DC guy. Sure. And uh, the exception would be Spider-Man. Uh, I, you know, there's two characters that I've been following my entire life. It's Batman and Spider-Man. Yeah. And, uh, but outside of Spider-Man, I really didn't venture too much into uh, the other... Uh, characters, so uh, you know, characters like um, uh, Captain Marvel, who you know is getting her own movie. I don't know really much about her, so I'm not going to be sitting there going, "That's not the way it is in the comics," because I have no clue. Yeah. Um, so for me, with the X Men, it's been very similar of a journey as well. I've watched all the X Men movies, and I thought one was abs. Uh, uh, when I say one, I said I see. I thought one of the movies which was the third one, was absolutely horrible. <laughs> um, but the rest of them I've kind of thought were just kind of more or less consistently interesting to me. So um, I find them interesting. I, I don't, I think, I don't own any of them, or I've never really, like, watched a bunch of them over and over again. I just find them all really kind of cool and uh, worth my money. But I don't get you know, terribly excited about them. I just go, Oh, there's a new one coming out and I go see it. I'm like, that was pretty good. And then move on with my life. That sounds about right. 
I expect that. To, so I expect that to be the same with uh, uh, the Phoenix one coming up. I uh, Spider Man and the X Men were my Marvel comics. Yeah, uh, you guys, and you've got two X Men movies coming out this year. Maybe, maybe I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Dark, Dark Phoenix. Uh, at and, this point, I don't know that I'll even go see that in the theater. Oh wow! Oh, yeah. so you've not been happy? No. No, I'm sorry to hear that. I'm not. Uh, I really enjoyed First Class. Uh, I liked Age of Apocalypse, or I guess it's just Apocalypse, which nobody else liked. Uh, I, like I said, I thought it was okay. I didn't really, you know. Um, I, I thought Days of Future Past was terrible. Uh, I liked Logan. I, I loved Logan, actually. It's, it's Yeah, that one I would put on more of the, the top, the better of them. I, I think it's probably the most successful as far as being true to the comics and, and the characters, I think it's probably the most successful one. Uh, but I, I'm I have I'm not interested in Dark Phoenix at all, really. Uh, New Mutants I was very interested in because it looked like they were trying something different. And now, from what I hear, and and I won't know until I see it, but from what I hear, the studio has kind of gone back on the idea of it being an actual horror film, which is very true to the comics. If you go back and look at like the demon bear saga and a lot of the stuff that Bill Sankovich was working on and, uh, Chris Claremont, the way that he wrote the new mutants comics, uh, they, they were very horror based. They had their roots in that feel and it looked like new mutants was going to be something a little different and a, and a, a horror movie that happened to be based on comic books and from what I have read, the studio decided that's not what they wanted, and they've gone back, and they've they're that's why it's gotten pushed back twice now. Mm. Uh, and I'm much less interested in a New Mutants movie that lines up with how the X Men movies are than something different. Gotcha. And if we're including Deadpool in it, I, I thought, well, one, if you think Deadpool needs to be rated R, you are wrong. Uh, however, the first one did a very, very good job of using that humor and being an entertaining movie. Uh, the second one I didn't particularly care for. I, uh, I enjoyed the second one a lot. I, um, it did, I think, uh, I think that was my default, like, oh, okay, I'll put it in the, the, in the 10. Like, I thought it was good enough that uh, it, it lasted, it made it in my top 10. It was entertaining. Wow, it, it was entertaining enough. It's one that I, you know, I, I thoroughly enjoyed when I was watching. So. Oh, well, good. I'm glad. So, and like you, I mean, I don't have any, uh, again, I don't have any inv- an investment in the character. I don't, I mean, I think I own maybe two <laughs> uh, Deadpool comics, period, uh, if that. And uh, uh, he doesn't really thrill me, like, in his in his in his portrayal in the comics. Sure. But I do really think that, uh, uh, the Ryan Reynolds films is, are something cool. And I, you know, I, I think, uh, they've, they've just done a phenomenal thing with them. So, yeah. I, and I agree with that. And Ryan Reynolds is a treasure. Yes. Uh, although seeing him voice Pikachu, uh, <laughs> in this new movie that's coming out this year is, I have no idea what that is. That just, I, I, I can't even, I don't even, I can't, I can't comprehend that. I don't really know. At first I thought, is this a 
like I was watching the trailer for this Detective Pikachu movie, and <laughs> I'm watching it, and I hear Ryan Reynolds' voice, and I'm like, oh, this is just a faux Deadpool trailer. <laughs> no, and, sir. Uh, and then it, it ends, and I'm like, wait, that was legit? I'm like, what? That? Uh, yeah, I... I don't know much about Pikachu, so um, or Pokemon for that matter. Is the same? Is that the same thing? Uh, well, Pikachu is a Pokemon. Gotcha. Right. So it's in that universe. So I don't really know much about that whole thing. I mean, I know it's a thing. So yeah. I, I'm not. I'm not that blind. Like, but I. I don't know much more than that. And uh, I'm like, is this going to make them like fans of that happy? Because it just seems very odd. Well, and from, it goes it do, it goes against what I would associate normally with that sort of thing. From what I understand, or, or from what I I have seen, Detective Pikachu is kind of a thing unto itself within the Pokemon. Like I don't think it's really canon, if you will. Uh-huh. I think it's it's a different thing because there's a Detective Pikachu game that's gotcha. I think separate. But whatever the case. It looks really, really weird, and I'm in just for the spectacle of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, some there's some things where you know it's it's so crazy it just might work. Yeah, and and that's I think that's where this one is leaning because looking at the tone of the trailer, like I, I think they're going with this is a really weird idea, so let's just make it weird. So we'll we'll see. I I didn't think we would end up talking about Detective Pikachu. Little did I know. <laughs> uh, let's see. Well, we've got. And you know what? We talked about two Marvel movies, and there's a ton of other stuff on this list. And I think we'll get to it. Oh, okay. No, before before we wrap this up, and before we get to the last thing I wanted to talk about, we have to discuss something. I'm 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 actually not sure what your level of interest is in this property at all. Uh, what do you think of the Hellboy trailer? I haven't seen the Hellboy trailer. I've seen some pictures, but I haven't watched the whole trailer. Well, I guess so. that answers my question about your level of interest. <laughs> well, in I, the- I'm, a, I'm a Hellboy fan. Uh, I've read a lot of the comics and uh, I've seen, you know, the movies and uh, the two movies. I like those a lot. I like the first one a lot more than the second one. Um, and uh, I, there were like three animated movies, which I thought were pretty good. Those are um, great. I, I'm a yeah. big fan of those. Yeah. So, uh, I, you know, I'm interested, but I haven't, like I said, I haven't uh, trailers. I used to get really excited and, and just watch trailers all the time. But I must admit, I don't know why specifically, but the last year or so, I've just not been like, oh, okay. And, you know, if if I'm, if I'm go to the movies and one's on in front of me, I don't leave the theater. Uh, <laughs> I'll be right back. <laughs> like, oh, damn, I don't want to see this. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to get there right in the nick of time. Um, uh, thank God for assigned seats now. Um, uh, but... Uh, I and I also like will watch some on YouTube and that kind of things, but I don't go out of my way. So, um, so yeah, I just haven't I haven't seen. I'm curious about it because I I do think that it's a franchise that I'm glad is continuing. Uh, eh, I, I not exactly. <laughs> you're not. Well, I I was 
I'm I'm a big fan of Guillermo del Toro's movies. I recognize that they diverge a little bit from the tone of the comics, but I was okay with that because, you know, like we were talking about with the genie, it's possible to do different things with the character. Or, you know, Batman's the prime example of we have Adam West, we have Ben Affleck, we have, you know, all of these different portrayals of Batman that are all valid and they're all entertaining but all very, very different. Uh, so, you know, that was just doing Hellboy kind of in a different way. And the promise of this new Hellboy was that it would be a little more true to the comics. And, and like New Mutants, it was going to be a horror movie. Uh, with Neil Marshall at the helm, there was no doubt in my mind that's what it would be. And if you haven't seen the trailer yet, then you're not going to have any idea what I'm talking about. It looks like the biggest, most ridiculous 80s action bullshit golden child movie you've ever seen. Ouch. Uh, yeah, I, I was appalled. Now, I will admit this. If I had not been expecting a more intimate, horror-oriented adaptation, I don't know that I would have been as put off by the trailer but they play like a remix of Billy Idol's Moni Moni <laughs> throughout the whole trailer. <laughs> it's bright. It it looks like, oh gosh, ew, I, this hadn't occurred to me until just now, and I don't even want to say it, but I'm going to. It looks like Batman Forever as compared to Batman Returns. Wow. <laughs> I hate to say that. Yeah, that's how well, I feel that's, now. That's uh, not a not a good sign. And Hellboy, so. to me, looks really off-putting and ugly. Hmm. And I'm a big fan of David Harbour from Stranger Things. Yeah, I think he's actually. I think he's really well cast. I agree, but the makeup. In from what I have seen thus far, the makeup looks like ass. Yeah, sorry to hear that. And that's not in comparison to Ron Perlman because nobody's ever going to look that good as Hellboy. But I feel like in trying to not make him look just like Ron Perlman looked, they went too far in some direction. And. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm not happy about this trailer at all, and I'm perfectly willing to be proven or to to have my mind changed. Mm -hmm. Like I'm, I'm still probably going to show up as soon as I can in the theater to see this movie. It, it it's not a deal where I'm like, fuck this, because we all know what happens with trailers. Uh, people, the the trailer people make them. The people who make the movie don't make the trailers in general. Yeah, unless yeah. you're the Russo brothers. And I think that's, I mean, I think that's why I just have no patience for them now, because one of two things happens, uh, usually when I see a trailer. Either I feel like I've seen the whole movie. Oh, yeah, I hate that. Ugh. Um, or uh, I feel like, they, I mean, they lie. Yes. So they'll, they'll, they'll try to sell me on a tone or make a movie that's not like something they'll make it look like something just because they, they know that that something appeals to people. Right. Like, let's make this movie look like Guardians of the Galaxy, even yes, though it has yes. nothing like that, because yeah. people like Guardians of the Galaxy, so they'll see this if we 
and if we make the trailer look and that, that way. that could very well be what happened with this Hellboy trailer, because that's what it is. Yeah. It is a jokey, bright, action-packed, like, hey, look at all the fun we're having type of thing, which is not <laughs> at all what I was expecting. Wow. Uh, from this you know what? You, now, you know what? I, I hadn't ever thought of this before, but just because we've connected those two now, uh, now I'm really wanting to see a Hellboy movie directed by James Gunn. Mm, yeah. I, well, yeah. Honestly, I'd watch any, <laughs> any, anything directed by James Gunn. I know you would, but I'm but yes, specifically thinking that he would be perfect for that franchise. He would absolutely have the chops for that. But fortunately, yeah. we're going to be seeing DC movies from him uh, sooner than anything else. That's the word, you know, we'll see. Uh, I don't know. I mean, DC has so much stuff that they're throwing up against the wall <laughs> until it comes out. I don't really pay attention to that either. Well, and that's why some of the movies <laughs> on my list right now, we're going to save for another day because I think it's, I think it's worth an episode to sit down and look at DC's insane slate of movies that may never happen. Yeah, that's, it's crazy. Uh, we were um, organizing our list. Uh, I, I can't, you know, I can't believe that we're getting a Joker movie this year. That's just that, has, that actually that made that, it nothing the, that made it through the gauntlet. Like with... I was like, how did that make it through the gauntlet and, and come out? It, but it hasn't yet, so we'll see. But well, it looks it's... like at least it was made. Yeah, I mean, it's they've wrapped on filming. <laughs> well, the thing is, though, you've got Scorsese's name attached to it, mm. and you've got De Niro in it. I mean, that's why that's happening. Yeah, yeah. That that does add a, a bit and more look, elements to it. I'm excited for it, man. Everything I've seen looks different and interesting. It doesn't look like they're trying to ape anything else. Uh, and I'm not saying it's definitely going to be good. It may be terrible. But it's more interesting to me that they're trying something completely different and giving another style of movie a chance than if they were trying to make like a Joker Deadpool movie. You know what I mean? It just it feels so weird to think that a company that was a few years ago really trying to keep a tight control over what was on TV, what was in the movies, and wanting to things to be consistent and not confuse people, uh, audience members, are now just basically saying, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I am all for fuck it. Because at this point, what other options do they have? They, I, I think that's what they've actually kind of, you know, basically they've they've come around to like saying, "Well, look, what we wanted to do didn't work, so uh, fuck it. Let's try some other stuff." Yeah, let's. I'm uh, fine with that. And we're not sure which way to go, so let's just see where things go from from here on out. Well, to wrap this thing up, uh, Mike Gordon, I know you've read a comic book or two in your time. <laughs> just a few. <laughs> uh, you might have even released some, unless I'm mistaken. Just just a, a, a small few. <laughs> but uh, I do want to talk about comics a little bit before we go. Well, that is something I actually, you know what, I don't I don't get the chance to talk about comics very much. So, I, well, and it's because I think it's because it's so much easier to talk about movies and TV because sure. comics, everybody's reading different stuff. Yeah. Everybody has wildly varying opinions about what what is good, what is worth reading, what it, like it, it's we've all, we all go and see the same movies. It's it's no big deal, but the comics are are just a different beast to discuss. 
And I'm I'm finding it more difficult to uh, a lot of my friends who who were reading comics even four or five years ago have seemed to stop, uh, which is disappointing to me. Well, they cost uh, they cost a fucking fortune. They do. Um, <laughs> I, believe me, I know I know that they do. Um, uh, but I, I, you know, it's one of those things where I'm like, really? I mean, you're just going to get? I, I don't. I can't give them up. Like I, I, I just can't. I can't um, seem to either. I I can give up titles. Uh, in fact, last year I gave up a title that I've been collecting since I can remember. Oh wow! And uh, yeah, that was one of the hardest things I ever had to do. But I gave up Amazing Spider-Man uh, wow. after Dan Slott left, um, and I tried Spencer, and I. I just, I was like, I, I can't justify this. Oh, no, that's bad news, because here's what happened to me with that. Uh, I signed up for Spencer's Amazing Spider-Man based purely off of Superior Foes of Spider-Man. Because oh, I gotcha. I loved that. Um, and I had not been reading Slot Spider-Man, not for any particular reason, but just because it seemed like such an ongoing saga and I never felt like I had a, a starting point with it. And I've got I've got some collections upstairs I haven't gotten to yet. So I'm, I will at some point uh, get back to slots stuff. But anyway, so I put it on my pull list, and the comic shop missed the first two issues. Mm. And, or no, I'm sorry. I got the first issue. They missed issue two and three. That's what I'm waiting, or what I've been waiting on. So they're up to issue, what, 11 or 12 now. I don't know. They're coming out so, so fast. So I've got. That's another problem I've got. That's <laughs> yeah. that's another episode we need to do. Is what the fuck is going on with comic books? You know what? I uh, yeah, we need to do that. Um, but so I I currently have like nine of the eleven issues that have been released that I can't catch up on because I'm still missing two and three. Which I I hopefully they're up at the shop for me now. So I hope I'm not going to sit down and realize that this thing's not any good. <laughs> yeah, that would that would suck. Um, and look, it, I know a lot of people are digging it. A lot of people dig Nick Spencer's work. I personally don't. Uh, not his superhero stuff. I love his independent uh, the fix. I like a lot, uh, but uh, I have not really liked his Marvel War stuff. Did you so, read Superior Foes? I did not. I read Superior, uh, but I did not get the 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 sort of other okay. titles that were going along with it. So. Um, but I'll, yeah, I'll so that's let you one. borrow it. I, you, maybe you'll hate it. Maybe you won't. I really, really liked it. Um, so, uh, so yeah, that's been the difficult thing is not only finding people who are reading the same things I am, but also uh, uh, just finding people who are still reading them. And uh, yeah, that's one thing I'm like. It's but it yeah, it's like it's like to me saying I didn't like that movie. I didn't like that series of movies, so I'm no longer going to go to the movies. Like I just right, like right, like yeah. I, I mean I think too many people associate comics as a um, people listed as collectibles as a genre as this that or the other thing, and it's just a medium, man. And there's good stuff and there's bad stuff. Well, and, here's here's the thing though, and here's where I understand people who have to call it quits, uh, because there have been times where I have sort of had a moment of clarity and realized that I'm buying a lot of comics just out of habit, that I don't necessarily enjoy them enough 
to be paying what I'm paying for them. And I think, man, I could drop this book. Okay, I could drop these four books. What could I right now? Could I just drop everything? And there have been times where I really felt like, you know what, I could just stop because I'm just not loving it enough. And over the last two years, the times that's happened, I've known that I couldn't stop reading Saga. And here's the problem with there being one book that I know I have to keep reading is I'm going to have to keep going to the comic shop to get it. And if I go in the comic shop, I'm going to see, oh, what's this new issue of Batman? Well, what's this going on over here? What's like As long as I'm still making that weekly trip to the comic shop for something, as long as something's compelling me that much, then I'm not going to be able to just stop reading. But if I just stop getting everything, then the comic shop will no longer be part of my life. And I'll be saving all of that money. And there are enough other things in the world for me to to divert my attention to where I could just stop. Well, obviously, I mean, if you think about it, like the price of, we'll say, three comics is a streaming service for a month. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, and look at, so the value that you're getting is amazing. And on, but on the other hand, I can also tell you as a comic maker, they're, they're, we can't make them any, we can't make them any cheaper, sure. you know? So it, it is a one of those. Well, you can't make them any cheaper to the standards that the market unfortunately now demands. Yeah. Yeah. There's, um. Now, my me personally, I've found that I'm I'm really starting to to just go more for the trades, uh, and and getting fewer and fewer books, uh, weekly, monthly, whatever. Yeah. Um, the I will, uh, yeah. So I'll wait for the trade. But there are books. I mean, I'm really happy that there are books out there, and there are particular teams, creative teams, writers and artists that I will. I still, man, I, I just can't imagine not just stopping. Like I just can't. Like I'm like if you if they're doing something, I I want to I want to read it. So uh, I've had. I mean, it was difficult for me to come up with a quote unquote top ten of movies I saw this year. It was difficult for me to narrow down a top ten of comics I read this year. Yeah, I don't. Because I, no, I, I, there's I, a I lot think of great I could, stuff. I think I could sit down and do a top ten if I had to. Uh, but what I wanted to do was see if there was one title in particular, if there was something that stood out to you in 2018, and if there was something you were looking forward to, uh, whether it's a run, a book, a, a certain creator in 2019. Um. I will say this. Uh, for 2018, uh, there are two creators that made my list twice in the top ten. Uh, so rather than go with like a title, I'll go with creators. Sure. Um, and uh, one of those is Jeff Lemire, uh, who finished up a run on... He finished up two books this past year. Uh, in 2018, with Descender, which is a sci-fi epic. I have the first collection of that, but not because of uh, Lemire, but because, but because of, of Dustin? Yes. Oh, oh, beautiful artwork. Yes. Um, and so, the, yeah, he finished up his run on that, 
and it is great. It is an awesome sci-fi saga epic I recommend. I imagine now that the final issue has been out, I'm hoping that this year or sometime they release a like a, a huge volume of the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, I think that would be outstanding, and, uh, oh, it was just so good. Um, the other thing that he did that uh, I enjoyed it tremendously was uh, a wasn't as long of a run, but he finished up a run on a book called Royal City which is as different from Descenders as you can get. It's a very uh, intimate, personal look at this this family that, that went through some horrible uh, tragedy, and they're trying to get their lives together. Um, and it's just, I mean, it's not what you, it's not what the media uh, tells us about comic books at all. It's not like action-packed, full of explosions, superheroes, sci-fi, nothing like that. It's just a I think with this Jeff does these really well. If anybody out there remembers the, his uh, Tales from Essex County series, this is a reminiscent of that. It's just so good, and he actually does the artwork for it himself. So uh, I, I definitely recommend both of those. Uh, and then the other uh, the other creative team that I I love so much is um, uh, Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. Uh, they uh, finished up a series called Kill or Be Killed in 2018 which I thought was phenomenal, uh, just so intense and uh, uh, street-level, just, um, there, it was violent, it was full of action, full of intrigue, a little bit of mystery, it just really connected with me. Um, full, of, full, of, full of anger, too, like about like things right now, on a street okay. level, on a street level, which I really appreciated. Uh, and then they also did another sort of little chapter, a little story in their in their criminal uh, universe, which is uh, my heroes have always been junkies, and that was a, a nice one shot hardcover that I got. So, so those were those were amazing reads for me last year. Um, uh, so, whatever those guys are doing, uh, yes, yeah, sign me up. More of the same. Uh, but uh, as far as uh, this year goes, uh, I will say that. It's sort of carrying over from last year, I think, that uh, there was a... Uh, it really surprised me last year. I, I picked up um, all of uh, Bendis' run on Jessica Jones, mm-hmm. which was a welcome, very welcome, to come back to that and be like, oh, that feels like you know the original series did. I dig the show, so this was like really uh, working for that. And then Bendis went and you know left... Uh, Marvel and went to DC. I haven't read any of his DC work, much of it at all, so I don't know what he's how he's doing over there. But I was concerned about Jessica Jones uh, uh, for as far as the Marvel books goes. I'm like, well, certainly they're not going to stop doing Jessica Jones stuff because you know the show's a hit and all that kind of stuff. So they actually <laughs> it, um, was, it was anyway. Yeah, I know, right? So. Uh, they came out with a series, a Jessica Jones series, uh, the first one not written by Bendis, by uh, uh, Kelly Thompson. And I wasn't, I hadn't really written, read a lot by Kelly Thompson, but she knocked this out of the park. It was so good that she is definitely on my radar this year as far as whatever she's doing. If she's doing more Jessica Jones, and please, yes, I hope so. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, as Marvel, whenever they seem to have a good, good writer, they always... 
put like four them on four books. So so I'm kind of curious to see what else she might be might be working on for them. So that's what I'm definitely looking out for. And I'm not a huge Marvel guy, but I do I did appreciate uh, what she was doing. Yeah, I've I've never read a Jessica Jones. I've uh, as much as I love Ultimate Spider-Man and think it's one of the greatest runs of a comic book ever. Yeah, uh, there are enough other things of Bendis's I've read that I just could not deal with. So I I, I, I put Jessica Jones uh, alias the original alias yeah, yeah. with his uh, like it, my, some of my his yeah his, my favorite work of his. Yeah, I'll, I need to check that out because I I really liked uh, Scarlet which was uh, another female protagonist book that was really, really well done that I enjoyed. Yeah, I haven't read that one. I like, I think I like him when he's writing about a character. Yes, Uh, yes. His team books are problematic. Oh, Oh, I hate that word. Why did I say that? His team books are not good. (laughs) Ugh. Ugh. All right. Uh, Well, I'm going to, it's very interestingly, I'm going to feed off of what you just said uh, and mentioned that with Jeff Lemire, his Black Hammer. Oh, yes. I didn't even think about that this year. That he has created is just phenomenal. Absolutely. Uh, taking all of the classic comic book tropes. All of them. And just giving us these wonderful, fully fleshed out characters that, that happen to be every superhero thing you've ever seen. But yet, uh, love feel it. fresh. Yes, yes, it does not feel worn out. It does not feel like, like he's stealing, like your typical. Uh, we're going to turn this on its head. Like it right. doesn't feel like that. No. Uh, yeah, I love Black Hammer. Uh, but actually, what I, what I was going to mention is Batman White Knight. Oh yes, that was that made my top ten. Man, uh, I love it. It blew me away. I, I loved every panel of it. I want an animated adaptation. I want toys. And this year, we are getting a sequel. Oh, are we? Okay. Yes. I didn't know that. Batman, Curse of the White Knight. Uh, it's going to be part of DC's Black Label. Uh, it is gotcha. also by Sean Gordon, uh, Sean Gordon Murphy, which, by the way, if you're not following him on Instagram, you should be. Uh, he puts up a lot of really cool process stuff, uh, lots of behind the scenes. I saw a lot of panels that were out of context. He never posts anything that could be considered a spoiler, mm-hmm. but he'll post work in progress that you later on realize, like, oh, I did not realize that Mr. Freeze was that panel from that moment. Like, it's, I, I, he's got a really, really good, fun Instagram account, but... Uh, yeah, Batman Curse of the White Knight is probably one of my most anticipated things of 2019. Uh, plus, whatever the heck else Tom King is doing, I don't know. I don't know if you're caught up or how much you're enjoying Tom King's run. I I am enjoying Tom King's run. I can't say I love it, love it, but I'm enjoying it. Um, there's been some some inconsistencies with some of the stories, but. Uh, um, I, I've been enjoying it. I'm not completely caught up. Uh, I think I'm about two months, which means I'm about what, 18 issues yes, behind. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And, uh, uh, but I will tell you that, uh, Joel Jones's Catwoman series is phenomenal. Oh, really? See, I almost added that to my list and it was just <sighs> one of those things where I, and I love her artwork. Yes. Uh, as a yeah. matter of fact, I've got a Harley Quinn statue 
that she designed. Oh, really? Yeah. That's cool. Um, so I, I, I love her art, but I was just like, I'd, sometimes that whole artist writing a comic thing doesn't pan out so well. Did you read Lady Killers? No. Okay. That was amazing, too. So so she, she's got a history of writing. Yes. Okay, okay. See, I, I wasn't. And she's that. good at it. Okay. It's not just, uh, it yeah, then. it's not a typical, like, oh, yeah, writer and artist, yep, yep, yeah. But, right. Um, yeah, so, uh, no, so she's, she's... she's not David Finch. <laughs> she's not Tony Daniel. <laughs> well, oh, you I know what, he's, loud? I'm he's sorry. not, uh, to me, he's not even the worst offender of that particular... No, he isn't, no, like, he isn't, because I didn't that, mean to, yeah. That got put on him more than anything... Yeah, yeah, and I think he he handled a very difficult, high-profile situation as best he could. Now, later on, <laughs> maybe he should have stepped back a little bit. But uh, but yeah, I man, Sean Murphy, uh, anything that he did, uh, the wake, the wake, yes, yes, with uh, Snyder, Snyder, right? yep. Oh yep. my gosh. Wonderful! I'm still waiting for a movie adaptation of that because it was so just cinematic and well contained. And oh man, I loved it. Loved it. it. That that would be weird because that is a series that I mean, it starts off as one thing, and you think it's going to be like this, almost like oh, James Cameron. This is made for James Cameron well, to make yeah. a movie of, right? It would have and to be then like it, a then it turns into something like it. Yeah, it it does not. It, it it ends up a very very far away place than where yeah. it starts. Yeah, yeah, it would have to be like a, a Netflix miniseries or or something, and it would have to be very uh, carefully. I don't know that curated is the right word. I'm sure it isn't, but it, it would. They would have to be very uh, true to the source material. Yeah, it would it it would be tricky to pull. It off. could go wrong easily. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I could. I. I. Yeah, I would love to see it as well, but only in the right hands. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which I guess I could say about anything. <laughs> well, that's true. I sure hope somebody that sucks get a hold gets a hold of this thing that I love. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Uh, well, there you go. I I think I feel pretty good. How do you feel? Yeah, I think. Do you feel like? Do you feel pretty good about this year? Uh, you know, 2019. I mean, at the beginning of the year, uh, I, I, there's always a mix of sort of melancholy. Uh, for you know, gosh, can certain things be as good this year? Uh, and and what's going to happen? What's going to be going on? But as far as entertainment wise, uh, for sure, this this year is going to be crazy as far as what we're going to see on television in theaters from comic books like there's so much coming out uh and my only concern is keeping up with it all and we got a big old star wars movie coming up at the end of the year Uh, yeah we we didn't even touch on that one which i I guess we'll that that's way too early for that but it's still it's going to be i mean how that plays out is going to be really interesting to see well it's it's going to dictate you know we were talking earlier about how disney is is fighting itself in in theaters and in the toy aisles and the the success of episode nine is going to determine you know what a quarter of disney's business for the next 20 years 
I have a feeling that 2019 is a year that it's, it's an it's an odd numbered year. It's the one right before 2020. And I think 2020, just everybody, like, it just sounds like a year that everybody wants to get to. Well, it's so, the year of Arno Stark. <laughs> there you go. Iron Man 2020, it's coming, baby. <laughs> so, um, and I think a lot of things, like, I don't know, I haven't really looked it up, but I, I feel like there's a lot of, like, 2020, like, things out there, like, that, that have been pointed to. I mean, I mean, right now we're in the year of Blade Runner, which is weird to think, but... Um, uh, but this, at least the first one. Um, but I, I, so I feel like this year is going to be like it seemed like the celebrations, the 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 the, the well wishes and everything like that was kind of soft this year, um, like kind of lower key. So I do wonder if everybody is just kind of waiting to build up to, uh, you know, twenty twenty as that like this this big big deal. I think people just aren't sure we're going to make it to twenty twenty. <laughs> God willing, sure, yes, I can definitely understand that. <laughs> well, whatever the case, between now and then, we're going to have a good time watching movies, watching TV, and of course, talking to each other on various podcasts that uh, are going to go on really into eternity, is my plan. Yeah, well, I don't show any signs of stopping. This is my ninth year, I think, podcasting. So, Oh, wow. Yep. You are a glutton for punishment, my friend. <laughs> Which yes, is why I, I know we can always count on Mike Gordon to show up for needless things. <laughs> I've got nothing better to do. Any le- oh, come on. That's Any, not true. That's from, not true. Aside from I, read your stacks of comics. <laughs> exactly. I, I was going to say, that's not as, absolutely that's not true. I, <laughs> I love being here with you, man. Uh, so... Wrapping it up, is there any one thing that uh, when when I contacted you and said, hey, help me out, buddy. Let's talk about some stuff. Was there anything that you thought of that uh, we didn't get to? No, absolutely. I think we covered, like, most of the, the big things. And, you know, I, I especially like talking and hearing your your thoughts on, you know, the, the whole thing about, like, to me, it's really what's going to be interesting this year is how, I mean, Disney's got a lot of big plays that they're doing, and uh, they are really the at front and center of of pop culture right now. So um, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, absolutely. that Well, you've got Star Wars, you've got their live-action stuff, um, you've got Marvel. Like, they, they really are it. <laughs> they really are. I mean... Yeah, everybody else is just, you know, just trying to catch up. Yeah, yeah, well, shit, I, I don't, at this point, I think they're just trying to maintain. I Like, I can't imagine anybody is realistically thinking, all right, two moves from now, we're Disney. <laughs> <laughs> I think Netflix is thinking that way. Uh, there's a big war between Disney and Netflix right now, yeah. so... So I think that that, but they're like the closest right now. I think everybody else is just going, we're just trying to survive, man. Well, Mike, I hope you and I can both survive and uh, thrive even in the new year. Why don't you tell us where you are and what you're up to? Well, of course, you can find me every week on the Earth Station One podcast. Uh, again, we're, I'm celebrating my, I believe it's my ninth year. Uh, on that show, delivering content over 450 episodes. My God, it's just amazing. 
Um, and so, yeah, you can find me there. And uh, I've got some I've got some books that are coming out this year, so I'm pretty excited about that. If all goes well, uh, so pay attention to uh, you can just go to newlegendmike.com to find out information about that as it develops. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on, man, and I look forward to talking to you again sooner than later. Absolutely. Thanks again, man. If you happen to be listening to the Needless Things podcast for the first time, uh, I want you to know that the opening theme song and the track that you're listening to right now, as a matter of fact, is called Procrastibate and is by a band called Le Sexoflex, uh, the dirtiest, funkiest, booty-shakingest band you've ever heard. And you can find them at lesexoflex.com. They're fantastic. Please do check them out, but only if you're of age to hear uh, dirty adult lyrics. Otherwise, don't, don't go there. Uh, and then the interstitial music that you heard between the introduction and my conversation with Mr. Mike Gordon is by our pals, the Mystery Men, who you can find at mysterymenofsurf.com. And, of course, you can find the Mystery Men and Les Exoflex on Facebook uh, and wherever else, although Les Exoflex technically is not uh, an active group anymore you can and should still get all of their music because it's it's fantastic some of the most fun wonderful enjoyable music i've ever heard in my life uh mystery men of surf uh, obviously you got a taste of that it's tremendous fast-paced upbeat surf music uh, except for when they play something that's a little slower and more mellow which is nice too i like hearing that in the car because uh, in atlanta traffic you can't always be listening to up-tempo stuff. You can get yourself in trouble. Uh, so there you go. First episode of 2019 in the can. I hope you enjoyed it. Please visit NeedlessThingsPodcast.com where you can interact with the Needless Things Irregulars all the time. and uh, Or I guess read stuff from us. You can interact with us on Facebook in the Needless Things Podcast Facebook group and you can find me as Phantom Troublemaker on Instagram. I love you guys. Thank you for listening to the Needless Things Podcast. You're the best. You can find the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, or in the ears of a Trader Vicks employee. Love you. Mean it. Uh-huh. <laughs>